Supercharge your deal building experience with Accelerate My Deal when connected across AutoTrader and KBB.com listings and Dealer.com websites. It helps deliver predictive and personalized experiences for you and your consumers. Book your NADA demo today. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Scottsdale, Arizona. It features a fireside chat with Steve Greenfield of Automotive Ventures, with the man known online as the Car Dealership Guy and the host of the Car Dealership Guy podcast. So let's get to this conversation that originated from Used Car Week 2023. We will now transition to our next speaker, who I'm also very excited about here. And I, I'm going to actually stand, I think, up here, because we're going to uh, patch him in via Zoom. So um, I've known this guy for a while, and uh, we are going to take calls uh, or, or questions live from the audience. Again, for those that are just joining us, uh, that, that is my cell phone number, so please don't abuse it. But uh, if you have questions, I'm going to leave my phone open. So I'm not on social media, believe it or not. I'll be watching my texts. And uh, if you've got questions for him, lay them on me. And I'll, I'll be the filter. He won't be able to hear you. He'll only be able to hear me because we've patched him via Zoom. Is he, is he on, car dealership guy? I'm here. Oh, look at Can that. You You're like the voice of God <laughs> in this room. That's awesome. So I did, I did for the record, I'm going to put you on the spot here, car dealership guy. Go for it. I, I did uh, try to convince him to actually be here live with like a big head on, because he hasn't revealed his identity yet. Um, we can talk about that as well. But uh, I, was, I was unsuccessful convincing him to get here. I think he was worried about his bodyguards and that somebody outside would tackle him. So may, maybe for next year I can con <laughs> convince you, car dealership guy, to actually show up. But I appreciate you making time for us today. Are you uh, like on a beach in the Bahamas or something, or where are you today? Uh, not quite in the studio, but I'm, I'm really excited for this. I'm not gonna lie, I have, I have some stage fright. I'm not usually the one being interviewed. It's usually the opposite. Well, we have um, probably 6,000 people in the audience. There you go. Taylor Swift was just up before us. <laughs> so she's, she's warmed up your audience and we're, we're, we're ready to roll. But listen, let me, let me start. Again, you've got my cell phone number up there. Keep the questions coming. So let me, let me get things started here. So um, you, you and I have actually known each other here for a few years. Um, tell us a little bit about this interesting brand that you're building. Because like in a very short amount of time, um, I, I, I know you've been at this for a while, but in a very short amount of time, optically, you've built this huge audience, and it's been amazing to watch. But tell, tell us a little bit of what, what that's been like, where, where you've come from in the past, and you know, what's got you excited about building this brand? Yeah, look, Steve, I've been, as you know, I've been an independent dealer for a while. And um, for me, I was always very interested in the attention game. Uh, you know, whether it was creating new campaigns at the dealership, thinking about unique ways to grab attention. I mean, look, as a dealer, you know, you're one of 40 plus thousand. It's, it's really, really tough to stand out of the crowd. And when I started, um, I launched Car Dealership Guy almost two years, almost two years to this day. I was just in bed one night, saw, I was scrolling on Twitter, I saw there was this account called Strip Mall Guy. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. It's someone that's just sharing insights into the strip mall world and industry. And so I said, you know, I think I can do this uh, for automotive. You know, I've, I've done quite a lot in automotive 
from, you know, starting, um, starting from, you know, from the ground, working way, my way up and just experiencing lots of different things in the industry, working with, you know, great people and from, you know, all, all of the ranks from bottom to the top. And so I felt like I had some insight to share. I didn't know, I didn't think people would care or I didn't know people would care. I didn't know, you know, how, um, you know, how well it would be received. But I said, let me just, you know, give this a shot. So, you know, I'm just laying in bed there, uh, launching this anonymous Twitter account suddenly. And before I know it, it really catches on. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of like the genesis. I'm happy to elaborate if you want more info, but that's sort of just the start of how we all came about. So what, why is it, do you think that people, it's resonated with people so strongly? So I think a couple of things, I think number one, like I started at a good time, right? Like the market was extremely turbulent. People didn't know what to do. And I started offering, you know, as, as an insider, you know, people could tell right away, okay, like maybe I know what I'm talking about, right? I'm sharing stuff that you can't just Google and stuff like that. Um, and I think people were looking for a trusted source. It was really, it was a really tough time in, in the, the car market with, you know, lack of inventory, you know, kind of markups started to appear and stuff like that. And people didn't really know who to trust. And for me, you know, I was just sharing, if some things were, you know, memes, some things were just experiences from day to day life, pretty much anything. But what was really happening is I was building trust because people were starting to get to know me, this, you know, pseudonymous persona. And people really, you know, began to trust me. And then so over time, you know, I, I like to say, like, I sort of wedged into the market through the consumer. That was the, you know, I call it like the Trojan horse that allowed me to penetrate the, you know, the automotive media market, which is, you know, really controlled by, you know, a handful of players that have been at it for a very long time. Um, but I think where the white space was, and I think what was sort of, you know, maybe missed the opportunity in the market is that, you know, we are all spending here lots and lots of time on social media and social media continues to grow, you know, as, as the, you know, millennial generation is taking over leadership positions and lots of dealerships, you know, and whether they're becoming dealer principals or whatnot, management, um, the social media is really influential and there hasn't been this like authentic trusted voice to get insights into our, into our industry through social media. And so I think that, you know, for me, it was just wedging to the market through the consumer and realizing that over time that I actually can bring um, unique insights through my, you know, quote unquote, like B2B experience through my industry experience, which is what is you just can't find on the Internet. Right. If you Google like consumer tips for buying cars or whatever, like you can find hundreds of these things. And it's also boring. Right. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm not consumer focused. I, you know, I do function like a marketplace where I have the consumer side of the brand and I also have the industry side. But I feel like the differentiator about um, car dealership guy is the ability to distill, you know, what otherwise would be sophisticated insights that are only discussed in dealer 20 groups or within, you know, in, you know, industry players and management and bring that to the masses in a way that is transparent. And, and, and this is really important. It's not anti-dealer or anti-consumer. Rather, it's the whole point of the brand is to deliver objective insight. You know, it's really hard to do. Uh, so I'll, I'll disclaim that. And you do have moments where, you know, consumers are pissed off or dealers may be pissed off. But at the end of the day, that tells me that I'm probably doing a decent job when I can kind of, you know, thread that needle and deliver insight uh, where, you know, maybe one side will not be so happy at the end of the day. But when it's all said and done, people are very happy with it. 
Very cool, very cool, it makes sense. So uh, first question from the audience, one of the values you bring to your voice is your anonymity and independent viewpoint. How do you protect that when you are now getting paid by vendors to sponsor you? Yeah, so I think a couple things. Um, by the way, that's, that's, that's some, one of the things I've thought about a ton. And I sort of, when I, before, before CDG, we started monetizing, and I say we, right? It's a very, very small, tight team. Um, I had to really think about like, what is the right thing for this brand, right? For me to dedicate as much time to it, for me to provide as much value to dealers, to consumers, to vendors, to the industry, right? Like to, the, the most efficient way to do that, obviously is to build a business that, you know, makes, makes money. And so the principle I set out was that I'm going to work with vendors or work with partners that number one are leaders in the industry and actually have trusted insight that I can leverage and, you know, bring to the world. But number two, that won't conflict with my core message, right? So like, you'll notice that I haven't, and, and I won't partner with like OEMs, um, or, you know, any, any specific players in the industry that would otherwise skew my opinion on on the broader spectrum of you know of the of the insights that I'm delivering to the market. I recently spoke with someone from Detroit. And again, I before Car Dealership Guy, I didn't know anything about automotive media or like how it works, Detroit, the angle, like all these things. And this person, you know, high-ranking exec at one of the media companies, he told me he's a he's a dude. He's he tells me, um, I love how you have no angle. And I'm like, you're wrong. I was like, I absolutely have an angle. I was like, my angle is just different than yours. I said, my angle is that, is that I don't pick a side. Like that is where I unlock the value for car dealership guy. And so the more I stay middle of the road when it, with respect to OEMs and you know, the different franchises, right? I don't have any equity in any franchise dealerships or any brands. I'm not affiliated with any OEMs. I believe that that's the balance that is the right for the brand today and allows me to still deliver very transparent, objective insights, but not have to pick a side and, you know, try to make one OEM better than the other, or, you know, ultimately lose trust with my following. Very cool. Very cool. Um, how did you get on Elon Musk's radar? <laughs> so, so that was funny. Elon, he's, he, I think he took notice of the account in late 2022 and he just started like liking things, um, you know, retweeted, retweeted a couple of things and you know, I, I didn't really think too much of it. I was obviously super excited. I was like, wow, you know, Elon you know, is enjoying the content, I guess. Um, he, he, he did a big retweet for me in um, late 2022. And that, I remember that had like 20 to 30 million impressions. And I get, I think I gained like 100,000 followers in like two weeks. It was crazy. Uh, but after that, he, he actually followed me. And the, the cool thing about X or, you know, what used to be called as Twitter is that when someone follows you, uh, you can, you know, DM them. And so, you know, we just, I started kind of DMing him here and there. We had a couple conversations, which was nice, but, you know, sort of built, I guess, call it like a little online relationship that way, just very organically um, unplanned, which was awesome. Like a bromance. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you would say that, but I'll take that. <laughs> um, but, but I'll tell you the other thing that's really cool. Like I, I always evangelize, especially when Elon was starting to buy Twitter. Um, I, I've, I just naturally, I'm, I'm a tinkerer. Like I love trying new things when, with respect to like new technology and stuff like that. I just enjoy that. And so I kept like evangelizing the Twitter platform and the new features, just trying things out. They launched this like subscriptions feature. I like tried that and blah, blah, blah. 
And I think Elon also really appreciates that. Like, and, and, and I mean, think any person that owns something and you, you know, you sort of evangelize and try their new products and stuff, like, you know, you're considered like a, you know, a good, I don't know, a good client or uh, not a client, but a good user. And so I think Elon, you know, just appreciated that and, you know, started engaging with my content. So that was obviously nice. It was a huge boost for the account. Um, and just continue to kind of get the name out there. Very cool, very cool. So question from the audience. How do you feel you can continue to build trust while hiding your identity? Aren't those at odds with one another? So I think the misconception is that I hide my identity. I think one of the coolest things is that when, when we speak with potential partners um, you know, for, for the CDG podcast or for the, for the brand, um, I'm, I'm always on the call. And so you know, everyone gets to meet me um, everyone gets to meet me, all, all the guests meet me. Um, frankly, lots of people that DM me, you know, I just hop on a call with them. So again, the, the misconception is that I'm actually, that people don't know who I am. You'd be surprised. Um, lots of people in the audience right now, if you're out there smiling, you know who I am. Uh, but friend DA, right? So don't say, keep, keep it, keep it <laughs> secret. Um, and I think, I think the, the answer to the identity thing is like, I will, I will, you know, ultimately reveal or, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, my identity. I don't think there's any. You could have done it on business. stage today. I could have. I could have, but we're gonna have to delay that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't think there's any. There's no. At least I don't. What I've done the. You know, in my head, the business benefit of revealing today is just is just not there. Nor do I want to do it. I'm actually pretty introverted as a person, so I kind of like this. That's like that's the real reason, Steve. Like the the bullshit reason is you know business blah blah blah. The real reason is I'm just introverted. Um, <laughs> but um, what I will say is that. You know, at some point it'll happen. And, you know, I'll I'll turn into a big event, have fun with it. Uh, but the truth is, yeah, like th I would say, over a thousand people know who I am, and we're just under you know a nice little friend DA. Cool, cool. Another question from the audience: How do you select your sponsors? Uh, do you reach out to them, or do you wait for vendors to approach you? And are, are there uh, related? Are there specific topics that you want to cover in the future? Yeah. So. As you can imagine, like, and we've been, we've had lots of, um, just lots of inbound demand because I, I think that, look, I, I think that in the industry today, there's, there's really a desire for, you know, authentic source of insight. Like I mentioned this, and I feel like sponsors see through that, right? Like the beauty of car dealership guy is that it's all built in public. And so, you know, if you don't follow car dealership guy on LinkedIn X, Twitter, you know, Instagram or wherever, like you should follow and check out some of the content because naturally vendors, you're in front of everyone. You're sort of marketing your brand every single day. So the short answer is yes, you know, 90 plus percent of partners are inbound. Um, and and rea the reality from there is we, we work very selectively with partners that we think number one can bring a consistent flow of like first party insights, right? These are partners that have data generated within their systems and just have some unique insight into the market that maybe is, is just not amplified enough and people don't know about it enough. And the second thing is, you know, we, we want to work with partners that are in different verticals. And so, you know, we recently partnered um, with, we partnered with recently, just to give you like a couple ideas of some verticals with Cars Commerce, who's really focused on uh, dealership tech. Uh, we partnered with CDK on the operational side. Of course, you know, they have uh, their DMS and among some other platforms. We partnered with 
Um, we partnered now with, with Hague Advisors, you know, one of the leading buy-sell advisors in the industry. Um, and there's many other great partners that, you know, we're in the process of partnering with and that we have partnered in the past as well. But, but the point there being is that everyone I just mentioned is a leader in their domain. And we want to be, we want to be focused on providing those insights and getting that and working with the leaders in their domains to generate those insights. And so, you know, it's not as methodical as you would think. Like we're not out there kind of saying, okay, these are the five potential candidates. Let's go get them. No, it's, it's actually a lot of it's very organic. Um, and I'll tell you like a quick story, like, uh, partnering with, with cars, for example, me and Alex, uh, Alex Vetter, the CEO, we, we recorded a podcast earlier this year. Is you know the first time we met and we just said hey let's do a podcast this could be really interesting, built a relationship it kind of just happened organically after that, and so a lot of it has been organic which has been the beauty of it staying very sort of you know true and authentic to the brand, and you know we feel like over time it's gonna we'll continue scaling with the right partners and continue offering just more insight uh, across the industry. Very cool. Uh, another question from the audience: How do you b always break news before any other publication? That's a really good question. Um, so one thing that I never intended on kind of becoming, and you know, I'll preface this, like I am not a journalist. Um, I, I could never do what some of the, you know, incredible journalists in the industry have done and do on a daily basis. I think that's, you know, a unique skill set, lots of consistency. I had actually, I had Cliff Banks uh, on the podcast and, you know, a couple of months back, that was an amazing conversation. You should check that out. Um, but what I will say is that I've kind of fallen into this space where dealers, um, have just started started sending me stuff organically. And the cool thing about that is that it's sort of like a it's sort of like a reinforcing flywheel for, for you know I know it's kind of like a fancy way to just state that, you know, a dealer send you stuff, other dealers see that, and then more dealers send you stuff. And so it's gotten to the point now where I'm, I get every day I get messages from dealers all across the country, some anonymously, some not. Um, you know, most do share their identity with me pretty early on, which is nice, but they pretty much, they, they just tell me what's happening as it happens. And, and it's been pretty crazy because, you know, I, I'm every piece of news that I've broken has been, has been, you know, either very, very close to hundred percent correct, or maybe, you know, missing some details slightly, but the bottom line is it's been, it's been on point. And so I think just, again, it comes back to staying authentic to the brand. You know, I never woke up and said, I want to have, you know, be like a, a virtual 20 group, but it kind of happened and dealers started sending me stuff. You know, I've, I have my own industry um, inside and my own kind of expertise to kind of sift through the, you know, through the BS. And, you know, maybe if someone has an angle or something and typically you'd be surprised, like typically people send me just very kind of no, non liquid pro quo, just like, Hey, this is what's happening. I just wanted you to know, hopefully maybe it can help some other dealers, you know, maybe it can help other people who knows what, maybe I just, you know, you could just share it to the industry, but that's really how it happened. And so I just started sharing that with the industry and it's, it's sort of democratized the entire kind of information sharing stuff where, you know, otherwise these are a lot of these insights, they would only be shared between executive leadership teams and stuff within the industry. And today, you know, truly everyone can have access to them within seconds after news is broken. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You're like, you are the consummate industry insider now. So um, uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. What's been your favorite <laughs> yeah. interview so far? Putting me on the spot, Steve, huh? I, and some of your interviewees <laughs> are in the audience today. So well, be, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I don't know exactly who's in the audience, but I will. I do know that um, Brad Parker from Private Auto is there. Love Brad. He's building a killer company. So, and yes, I'm an investor. So, but follow Brad. He's doing some great things. Um, also, Jimmy Douglas, an investor there as well. I know he's in the audience as well. Jimmy, shout out with plug. Um, but now that the plugs are on the side, um, I think that. Well, first of all, Steve, I, I got to give you credit. And I know this is a little biased, but you were you were actually the first interview on the podcast. I was. And so, I was. I, I, you know, just truthfully, like I was just a I guinea do, pig, though. I was just a guinea pig. You were you were the guinea pig, 100. But but you stepped up to the plate, and it was awesome. Um, dude, like that podcast, I was producing it myself, like with GarageBand. It was, uh, it was great. Like, I, you know, first one, and, and I'll tell you the quick backstory on that. Like I had, um, that guy I mentioned earlier, strip mall guy, he called me, um, maybe like a week or two before and, or actually no, a little bit before that. And he's like, Hey, he's like, you should do a podcast. I was like, well, why would I do a podcast? He's like, well, he's like, you're pretty good at talking. I was like, why do you think that? He's like, I heard you on a Twitter spaces. It's like a, you know, a live podcast mm. on Twitter. It's sort of like a clubhouse. And I was like, I was like, hmm, he kind of got me thinking. I was like, okay, I mean, sure. Like I'm, I'm not afraid to fail. Like I'm, I love trying new things. And you know, I'm just, I'm kind of like obsessive in that nature. I'm hyper. Like I always have to try something. So I launched a podcast, right? And I just started doing these monologues. Like I didn't even know what I was going to talk about. I kind of would pull up some report from the internet, you know, give my own context on it. And it got pretty good listenership. And I said, hmm, I said, there's, there's an opportunity here. Well, four episodes in, um, four episodes in, I'm like, okay, like I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. Like I can, how many monologues can I do? It gets boring. And people are telling me car dealership guy, these episodes are like 15 minutes long. Like we want to do a full workout for 45 minutes. Give us more content. So I said, well, how can I create more valuable content? And I said, well, I don't know everything. There's other, you know, smart people in the industry. So let me bring on great guests and l let's have a conversation. And so that was the foray from kind of nothing to podcasting monologues to actually bring in on guests. And one of the core tenets for me was I wanted to be, I wanted to be very conversational. Like you can tell on my podcast today that I, 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 I intentionally offer my insight because I don't want to be a podcaster. I guess, I guess that's you know part of what I do now, but I don't want to be that guy that just kind of brings someone on, asks a question, goes on to the next one. To me, that's boring. At the end of the day, like, you know, I sort of want to, you know, explore different parts of the business, you know, just kind of bring smart people that are, have done interesting things or, you know, from all, and by the way, all across the industry, that's another really important thing, right? Like I, I don't want to just bring, you know, the big shots and I don't want to just bring, you know, just like, I want to bring everyone, right? Like this tomorrow we have a podcast dropping with, um, a, a dealer named Bruce Miller. He's a subprime dealer from Louisiana. And then next week we have um, Betty, who's the president of Chrysler Capital. And then the week after that, you know, well, I'll save that as a secret, but you <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like we have some great people that are in queue for the podcast. Um, and it's, and, but the key is not forgetting where I came from and knowing that I will have Elon on the podcast and, you know, and if anyone knows Brian DeBoer, tell him to answer my emails because he needs to come on the podcast. Um, and if anyone in the audience knows other great people for the podcast, please send them my way. Um, but it's, it's really important to give everyone a voice, whether it's the small dealer, the buy here, pay here dealer, the franchise dealer, the, um, or, you know, the public company executive that is, you know, doing it in a really big way. Very cool, very cool. Um, share something that we haven't heard behind the scenes. Well, either, either way, something that surprised you or shocked you on the show that we heard, or something that happened behind the scenes that you've never shared, but you're like, wow, how, how, how could they say that? 
trying to think. Now he's trying there, to be there, ju judicious with what he can share. No, no, no. There's been some good moments. I mean, so I can tell you a couple of things. Like, first of all, I've had people have, um, people have mentioned some stuff that would have probably really gotten them canceled. Um, some, you know, big <laughs> dealers and, you know, that are sit on, you know, whether they sit on dealer councils or boards or whatever. But I was, I was pretty, like, I've been in this industry for a while, or at least, you know, I feel like it's been over a decade and for a while for me, but I've heard some things where I was like, wow, this company does X, this company does Y and not, not anything bad, but just like from a process perspective, I, I know I'm not giving you much detail to work with here, but people have kind of spilled the beans. And then, you know, before something goes live, wait, like, you know, that's going to get me fired or whatever. But I think more importantly, like, I think we actually do leave like the juice, you know, the juicy stuff in the podcast. I mean, I had the feedback I received on the, um, on the Brett Morgan podcast, you know, Brett Morgan, CEO of the eighth largest dealer group in the country. Um, Morgan Auto Group. First of all, great guy. Um, I didn't really know him much prior to our episode. You know, we did exchange some DMs and stuff like that. He was kind of tweeting back and forth. He's pretty active on X, um, which is nice. But he shared very authentically, um, you know, kind of his life story, you know, kind of growing into the dealership, you know, um, or, um, sort of working for, you know, a father that's really successful and then kind of growing into uh, paving at his own path, how he compensates his management team, what his GMs make. Like he was very, very open about that. And I think that caught the industry off guard a little bit in a good way. Mm -hmm. I think people were like, wow, like, you know, you can be super successful, you know, really good at what you do, but also be very transparent. And, um, and the crazy part is that after he came on that podcast, he was telling me that he had all this outreach because suddenly people are like, wow, like, you know, this, like, I feel like I know this person, which right. is the beautiful thing about, you know, media, right? It's like, you know, till today, like every single day, more people listen to that episode. And it's not just a Brett Morgan episode. I'm just using that as an example, but you build a relationship with the guests and you almost feel like as if you know them. And so I think that those moments where people share really kind of intimate insights into their business, I think those, that's what I appreciate the most. Very cool. Let me do a little speed round here. So your, your most viewed episode is what? Jonathan Smoke. Shout out Jonathan Smoke, chief oh, yeah. economist at Cox Automotive. And, and, I, and I can tell you why. First of all, he's, he's good at what, amazing at what he does. I think good is an understatement. Um, but it's clear that when, when you, like different episodes naturally will appeal more to different people, <laughs> right? Like a dealer episode might appeal to dealers and, you know, maybe enthusiasts or, and a lender episode might appeal more to investors. And so by virtue of me being such a, you know, kind of I don't know, niche micro influencer for, for lack of a better term, I have an audience, you know, I have investors, I have hedge funds, I have consumers, of course I have dealers and, and whatnot. And so it seems like when you share industry insight um, or, you know, kind of broader kind of macro with a mix of micro, microeconomic insights that attracts the largest audience, you know, investors, dealers, and kind of all of the above. Uh, plus just great content. So shout out John Smoke. That is the, it's, it's the most played episode. Awesome. That's great to hear. Um, what media? Wait, actually, Steve, and one more, one more that I have to give a yep. massive shout out because this episode shattered numbers when it came out. Um, the episode with Joe Obasam, the president of Eastern Motors. Again, very, very intimate inside, very authentic. And I remember at the time when that launched, it was still really early in the journey of podcasting. Mm -hmm. um, and that episode also shattered numbers. So that was a great one. If anyone, like if you're looking for like a masterclass on operating a used car dealership at scale, I think that's a great episode. Awesome, very kind of him. Um, uh, what media outlets do you pay attention to, big or small? Oh yeah, industry specific? Whatever. Like o automotive? Question. Um, I think, you know, I, I do 
I'm not, obviously I'm on social media a ton, um, but that's where I create a lot of content. Um, you know, I think within the industry, it's really, I stick with automotive news, Cherokee media and, you know, auto remarketing. I do a lot. I, you know, I, I do like some of the, I do like some of the headlines and auto finance news. I think they, they know how to kind of pick some good topics as well. I try to stay pretty like agnostic and kind of see where there's interesting things. And, you know, for me, my, my criteria to share something is it has to be notable, or at least I think it's notable, it has to be interesting, um, interesting enough to share with others. And, and, and that's really like, that's sort of the, and, and it has to bring value. Like at the end of the day, like most of my posts, like at the end of the day have to bring value. I do like to sprinkle like entertainment. Like remember when, when you do this as obsessively as I do, um, and you know, I am like, you know, I do all the content, you know, starts with me. Mm-hmm. Um, no one creates my content. I'm, and I'm not talking about like production and all these other things, but when it comes to like the written content, you know, the core, the core messages in the, in the content, that's all me. And so it requires a very obsessive personality, which, you know, I think I have. Um, so that's complimentary, but just staying very agnostic and kind of, you know, making sure that I'm, I'm aware of what's happening in industry. And you'll notice sometimes like I just, there's certain things that I just won't share that, you know, some people might deem notable or, because I just don't think it's interesting. And if I don't think it's interesting, I just, I'm not gonna share it. Okay, fair enough. Um, what's got you most excited about the industry? I think, I think a couple things. Um, I think number one is it seems like the, um, it, it, does see, it, it does feel to me like automotive media specifically is evolving um, and I love it. Like I love that. I, I love seeing the, the types of, the, the amounts of people in the, in the industry that are active on social. Um, and it's, you know, from massive, massive dealer principals, owners, you know, public market executives that are anonymous to, you know, your, your small mom and pop lot. And so I think dealers, vendors, lenders, everyone's sort of coming together into space um, and, you know, really kind of being active in the social space, I think is awesome because at the end of the day, again, it's, it just gets everyone more information, makes everyone stronger and, you know, ultimately helps everyone improve the experience for the end customer, which I think that's what the end goal should be for all of us. I think with respect to our actual industry, um, I, I do think there's going to be some really, really crazy applications with AI. Um, I'm not some AI expert. I talk to people like you, uh, like Chase, who was, again, he was recently on the podcast from FM Capital. I talked to, you know, really smart people that are doing this, you know, way more, that are closer to AI than I am. But just seeing uh, some of the stuff, having people DM me ideas uh, for for CDG, I think that's going to change the game of how we do business. Uh, from how consumers get information to how we train people in the industry to, to bringing more talent into the industry. I can't tell you how many people tell me, CDG, wow, I didn't know that that's how this works in the industry. Or I didn't know you can make this much money in the car business. Like people are blown away by the opportunity. And I think AI is just going to, you know, make that even more visible because just imagine this, Steve, right? Imagine like a GPT agent like, you know, open AI, open AI GPT agent for car dealership guy, where we have this massive database of insights and someone starts today at the dealership, at a vendor somewhere, and they can ask this agent anything and they can get responses and answers in video, audio, written format. And in five seconds, know, you know, the best way to do X, Y, and Z, or, you know, I just think there's so many crazy applications that we're going to see. And so I think that that's a really massive opportunity for our industry. Cool. So our, our time has come, but I'm going to squeeze in, because it's my prerogative to do so up here on stage, <laughs> squeeze in two more questions. So one is, how does your business and brand look different in five years? 
So the crazy thing is that I couldn't have even told you that this is what it would look like five months ago, let alone like five weeks ago. Like things are evolving so, so quickly. Um, and that's happening because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just meeting some really awesome people that are doing interesting things and bringing interesting ideas towards me. And, you know, we're kind of jumping on the right opportunities. Here's, here's the core thesis for the, for, for CDG, right? The, the mission of CDG is to bring transparency to the entire car market, but the vision is to build the top global destination for automotive insights. CDG till now has done, you know, we've done over a billion in um, a billion impressions on social. Uh, at this point, we're close to a billion total podcast listens. Sorry, sorry. A million total pod, podcast listens across every platform. And so, you know, these are really big numbers, but at the end of the day, what this means to me is that CDG is, you know, it's, it's continued to grow and compound and really spread its wings. And that gives me the ability to, to be able to continue building more channels and ways to deliver insights to the world. And so I really do believe that, you know, my, my goal, the goal of the company is to be able to meet every single person in the car industry. And frankly, every single person that gives, you know, cares anything about the car business, um, access to the information, no matter how they consume content or media, whether that is via social, um, our newsletter, which has, you know, 50 something thousand subscribers, our podcast, which is of course, for people that prefer audio, you know, visual YouTube, which is a channel that we're going to start focusing on growing soon as well. I believe that that is the mission to be able to deliver those insights in every single forum and to ultimately be able to provide value to every single person I just mentioned. And so I don't know how that's going to manifest yet. Like the other day I posted to, I wrote to dealers. I said, dealers, I said, every day I'm being asked by like dozens of people on social want help with buying a car, where to buy a car. Is this the right price? Blah, blah, blah. And I, that's not, that's again, that's not what I want to do. Like I want to help people, but I can't, like, I can't answer all these people. And I don't, I don't want to build like a, you know, a service that does that full time necessarily. And so I said, dealers, if you're active on this social platform, tell me what dealership you're with. Tell me your name. Let's put you on a list. Let's create some criteria where we can vet, you know, make sure that it's all good actors because there's always some bad actors. And let me publicize this to my 450,000 followers, right? I'll do this for dealers for free. I want to give value. And by the way, that helps consumers as well. And so dealers love me because I'm getting free business. Consumers love me. And so it's these types of opportunities that I would have never even thought about a couple of weeks back. And they kind of spawn by virtue of being, you know, in the public domain and just sharing my thoughts in real time. So I'm really excited about what's to come for CDG and the brand. Um, and, you know, I'm just, it's just been really a blast to be able to deliver insights to the market and really bring value to many, many people. Very cool. Okay, this is the last question because we got to go to a break. Let's but, do it. Um, and I, I want you to take a minute to think about this, right? There's a curveball, but you, you have a show with three people, living or dead. You assemble a show, a podcast. Who would you have on the show, living or dead? Three people. Steve, you're you're really giving me the curveballs here. <laughs> um, living or dead? I think. Uh, I'm thinking, I don't think I'm thinking. Aha, I stumped the chump. <laughs> you we got stumped, me. We stumped the chump. <laughs> you know, I think, I think it would be super interesting to bring on um, Henry Ford, who I just, you know, that's kind of like a, a geeky, a geeky one. And I sort of admire that, but the guy's a legend from, you know, having started, um, you know, in really the, um, 
with with Ford, of course, and the, the company been been around for like a century by this point. So I think that would be a cool thing to kind of see how that's evolved. But then I think a second one, I just think living, you know, I go back to Elon. I think Elon's going to be a great podcast. Uh, you know, that's sort of like the, you know, that's not like the the crazy shocker one, but he's, um, you know, he's a character. And I think uh, having a very authentic, again, a conversation with him just about everything from from life to automotive business uh, to our industry, to the state of kind of electric vehicles, I think that will just be um a great conversation that I'm really excited for and it's going to happen. So stay tuned because you're going to, it's going to be out sooner, sooner than later. And it's going to be awesome. Right, so we'll I'm going to go with Henry Ford and Elon. <laughs> Get one more. Come on. You got another one. Fill the oh, spot. a third one. Yeah. Three, three, three. <laughs> um, a third one. Mm-mm. After Elon, who would you really want on the show? All right. We really stumped him. But you, no, you didn't stop me. You know what, Steve? I, I just don't have a silver bullet necessarily. I think that the value is in, I know this is, you're, you're going to hate this answer. It's kind of like not politically correct, but I just think the value is in bringing a wide, like a wide array of people. Like I want the 20 car dealers that yep. kind of have to grind, grind their teeth and, you know, figure out how to make it work. And I want Roger Penske. You know what I mean? Right. Like I want, and then I want David Holt. Like I want everyone from, from the entire spectrum um, and I think that's, you know, I think that's the coolest part of the, what, what I do. So All right, well, cool. I, hope, I hope, I hope that satisfies your That question. satisfies me, satisfies the audience. Everybody's happy. So listen, uh, round of applause. I'm sure you'll be able to hear it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Car and, dealership and guy, course, thank you for being one, generous for your time. Keep doing what you're doing. The best way for folks in the audience to connect with you is what, through X or what? Yeah. So. I, you know, one plug that is, um, that I would love is, you know, you can go on Apple podcast or YouTube and press that subscribe button for car dealership guy. Um, if you haven't listened to the episode, you know, go through it, pick one you love. I, I promise you'll get hooked. I hope you get hooked. And lastly, yeah, X is a great way to DM me. Uh, you can just shoot me a quick message there, or you can, you can always email me cdg at car dealership I'm available. I'm not hard to reach. I'm a public domain. So reach out and, um, you know, I'm, uh, I look forward to what's to come. Awesome. Thanks for your time today. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Steve. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast that originated from Used Car Week 2023 in Scottsdale, Arizona. And if you've missed any of our past episodes of the podcast, just go to our website at autoremarketing.com and click on the podcast box to find our library of past episodes or simply subscribe through whichever platform you get your podcasts. For fellow hosts, Bill Zedites, Joe Overby, and Andy Freelander, as well as our fantastic executive producer, Matt Rice, I'm Nick Zulovich. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you again next time on the Auto Remarketing Podcast. Supercharge your deal building experience with Accelerate My Deal when connected across AutoTrader and KBB.com listings and dealer.com websites. It helps deliver predictive and personalized experiences for you and your consumers. Book your NADA demo today.